Hey everyone, welcome to the Pega Deep Dive Podcast. My name is Michael Conklin, and I'll be your host for this podcast series. So throughout this series, we'll be covering Pega technical concepts. I recently passed my Pega LSA Part 2, or Pega LSA Architecture exam, and this is part of the Pega LSA certification path. So while I was preparing for this exam, I had wished I had other mediums of content to use. Pegasystems does have courses, which are very helpful, but it would have been nice to watch a video or listen to some audio, switch it up a little bit. So this inspired me to create this podcast. For this episode, I will cover a brief technical overview of what I believe to be some of the main concepts in Pega. I hope you enjoy. Please subscribe for all my new episodes, and let's jump right into the content. Let me start out by explaining what Pega is. Pega, if you Google it, Pega says it's a Pega BPM tool. BPM stands for Business Process Management. One of the big competitors, one of the equivalents that a lot of people have heard of is Salesforce. Maybe that can trigger some memory. But essentially, Pega is a a framework, an IDE development tool for writing Java. The slogan of Pega, Pega Systems, the company that creates the Pega PRPC software development tool and language uh, framework, as I said. So the company Pega Systems calls it software that writes software. So that should give you a real good idea of what we're thinking about here, right? I mean, basically we have this tool, they call it the Pega PRPC, Pega Designer Studio, I'll refer to it probably as Pega Designer Studio throughout the podcast. So Pega Designer Studio is this tool that you use to configure, right? It, it, they have kind of their own user interface, their own items, their own terminology and language. You configure these applications, and then when you submit, when you save, when you compile, whatever you want to call it, it then writes the application in Java for the most part, and also it generates HTML, CSS, JavaScript for, for front-end, client-side styling and validation. And it also writes the SQL queries. So makes it pretty easy to see that Pega just writes the Java for you. And this is the general idea. Um, if you read up on Pega Systems, the company, the reason that this tool was invented originally and the overall goal I, I guess I don't I can't speak for Pega systems but originally the goal was to replace software developers right to to have a tool that is simple enough to use that a business user say a a banker a commercial banker has a regulation they have an application that they need to develop and instead of speaking of these requirements to a developer the complexities involved they can actually just go in capture all the requirements they need and implement them themselves. Obviously the tool has changed a little and people usually want deeper complexities than they feel comfortable implementing, the business users do, and so there. this is where this Pega system architect, Pega developer role came in, which is what I do and what I'd like this podcast to focus on mostly is how to use the Pega Designer Studio to implement and build what you want. Now that we've covered the general idea that Pega is a framework, a tool that writes 
software. Like they say, like Pegasystem says, software the right software. Let's get into a high-level idea of how Pega does this. First, uh, again, their main language is Java. That's the main, as far as backend. Most of the processing, logic, everything that's handled on the server is written in Java. And obviously SQL for databasing and HTML, CSS, JavaScript used on the front end. Pega's overall design structure is heavily object-oriented. They use classes. Um, everything is objects. Uh, that's, I mean, a lot of modern programming languages are heading that way, but Pega has definitely adopted that approach uh, within Java to stick to very object-oriented development. One way that Pega databases is that they prefer to actually store everything in XML. Now, obviously, I can't say everything, but for the most part, everything in Pega is XML. And we'll get in much, much deeper, but at a high level, they call each file, each item within Pega, I mean, it's, it's an object, but they call these objects rules because Pega is mostly a workflow rule engine, and that's where the why they use rules so much. But each rule is an object. So if we use, uh, they call them when rules, and all it is is, you know, an if-else, some sort of logic check statement that can be very simple as if this, then that, or it can be if this, or this, then, right, we're getting into, and then you can combine if, or, and any, any sort of logic you can combine in programming. Uh, instead of wrapping this, or placing this in your code, which obviously Peg is going to do later when they parse together all of the Java that will later be compiled. But instead, the way that we see it as a Pega developer inside of, inside of Designer Studio is we see these rules. So we see a when rule. It just has the logic to check for if, you know, if A equals 1, then do this. And it actually doesn't even do the then portion. It only does the if portion. Purely just the logic check is handled in a when rule. Well, a when rule, they have an object, a class, sorry, they have a class that defines what these when rules are, right? Because the when rule is actually an object. And this when rule, the way that all of its its data structure is stored is it's all, this object is all just an XML object and Pega stores that XML inside of one column. It's a blob. So now, to think of the database, Pega, in most tables, if you create a new table, it will just have, by default, one, well, two columns. One of them is the ID, which the universal ID, the unique ID in Pega is the PZINS key. So PZINS key is how we call it which we'll get familiar with later too. So you have one column, your unique ID, and your primary key, and then the other column is the blob, which is just, right, if you know database, that stands for binary large object. It can handle, basically, for our all intents and purposes, an unlimited amount of data, whereas other columns you have to define the data type as integer or char, varchar. Instead here, you just define it as a blob, and then you're able to put 
all the XML in there. And so what happens is this XML can grow and shrink and Pega will just overwrite the XML every time that you update that rule instead of having 30 columns, one column for if statement, right? I mean, you can imagine, let's stick with this example, right? We have a when rule. So this when rule has logic in it and we're saying if A equals one, that would take up, I don't know how many columns because maybe we, maybe we could just say A equals one is just gonna be put into one column. But what if we wanna put the first variable into a column A, then the operator equals into a column and then the equal to value one into another column. So now we have three columns. But what if we add an or statement in there? So if A equals one or B is less than two. Well, now we'd have to expand our columns. You see what I'm getting at here? If we get more and more complex, I mean, think of how complex the transactions are. If you have to expand your columns, reduce your columns, and then if all when rules are stored in the same database table, you're gonna be fluctuating this column a lot. So instead, Pega's general approach, since this is the way that they set up their rules, is they just add to the XML file, right? They're gonna structure it, add more tags for more logic within their XML, however they're gonna parse it. And they take this big XML uh, string file and they save it into the blob. So later, if you delete something from it, they just overwrite the new XML into the blob and the items are no longer there. And we see that we only have to update two columns. Well, really, we're never updating the unique primary key, right? So we're only updating the blob. And Pega's strategy with this is that they can save much more quickly, use you know, a much smaller, quicker transaction. Let me get into now. I'd, so now I'd like to to continue our Pega technical overview, the Pega terminology. So Pega has, you know, invented their own terminology that they use to describe things within Pega. But for the most part, right, these are, I mean, on the back end, it's just writing Java or SQL. So these are going to be concepts we're familiar with, just under a different name. And I just wanted to run through a couple examples um, there's something in Pega called a report definition, which is just a SQL query. And for the most part, I guess I'd have to really think, but usually it's just a select query. You're not, you don't update with report definitions. You don't merge, you don't insert, you don't delete. All that a report definition is, is querying the database for some information, right? You're running a report, so it's a select statement. And it has an interface that's fairly intuitive. You know, at the top, well, within it, you select your columns that you you would put it in your select statement at the top, at the very top of your select, right, if you're specifying your columns. And the table is defined by the class, because, again, a report definition is an instance of an object because there's a class for report definitions. So if you create a report definition, it's actually going to be an instance of an object because in Pega, pretty much everything's an object and pretty much every and everything's XML. So you can imagine now, if you're following along here, that we've created this thing called a report definition. 
it is an object, so it's an instance of a report definition class to give it its basic structure. And then it is also its entire format. All the data held within it is actually going to be stored in a big XML string or file that Pega can then parse and create Java from it using that as the instruction set. So continuing with our report definition, has the select statement up there, or the item, the columns you're going to select, then it knows the table that you're selecting on by the class that the report definition is in. This is due to its object-oriented nature, which we will cover later. Uh, you can go to a different tab within the report definition, right? It has a different UI, but and you can do joins, inner join, left join. I think you can do a full outer join. I'm sure you can, right? I mean, it's just writing SQL for you. You can do subqueries, and then at the bottom you can also do your where clause, which can get can have uh, contains, so alike, anything anything you can think of in SQL for the most part a report definition can do. So so right, we're looking at someone says, hey, I need a report definition, and as a developer that's never touched Pega, it sounds very complex to you, but in reality a report definition is just a select statement, a select query. Um, they also have functions, which actually stick pretty true to their name. It is uh, Java functions that you can write, Java methods, and save, and then you can call them. So that, that one's actually fairly straightforward. Pages. So in Pega, a page is an object. So if I say I have a page of this class, right, class page, it would just be an object of a certain class or an instance, right? I mean, that's what a page is. Pages can be embedded. We will get very far into pages because obviously dealing with objects within an object-oriented programming framework is very vital. Page list, this is just an array of objects. So a page list is going to have a class to define it, and then it will just be, right, an array of that class or instances of that class, so objects. Um, a property is any variable in the system, so you would just say properties, right? I, I created a property for uh, home value in a mortgage application, mortgage system, right? It's just a variable. You'd say, oh, I have a variable for... So property is a variable. Okay, well, I think I've covered... A lot of the Pega technical overview topics, I mean, this is, right, this is really high level. Just want to give you an idea, the general blueprint that Pega, everything is XML. They're all objects. They're all stored within the blob. Uh, it writes Java on the back end, SQL. And, yeah, then they have their own terminology, report definitions, pages, page lists, properties. We're going to get all into all of this in depth later, but, and of course, there's going to be an exception to everything I said. So everything is XML, everything's stored in the blob. Obviously, there's going to be a hundred exceptions to all those things I've said, but for the most part, they stick true. So thanks for listening, and let's continue in the next episode.